a lot of people don't realize, you know, when you're in a growth phase, the growth in the scale. And so when you're in a growth, you know, that's when you're investing a lot of money inside of your business. Mm. You know, you're hiring employees, you're buying equipment, you're, you may be moving to a new building, purchasing buildings and things like that. So there's a lot of, and that's when you're doing your streamline and your processes and things like that. When you are scaling, that's when you've done all that. You've made that mm. investment so you can scale. A lot of technology companies are able to scale really fast because sometimes they don't need people. Mm. They have a lot of systems in mm. place yeah. so they can do that much faster. On the scaling phase, all of that has been done so you can scale much faster. You can take on additional business and you're not having to put a lot of money inside of expenses. Mm. So you're starting to see your profits more. Growth, you have revenue going up and profit going up. But with that scaling, you see a lot of profit. But with entrepreneurs, oftentimes, we don't take the time to really go through that growth phase. We want to be in that scale phase so fast. We haven't invested that time in the growth phase yet. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, what's up, entrepreneur? What's up, nine to fiver who's transitioning into entrepreneurship? Did you know that 85% of businesses do not have a proper human resources structure set up? And what does that lead to? That leads to businesses getting sued, litigation, losing all the things that you have worked hard for. Our next guest is going to teach you how to set up a proper structure, a proper team, so your business is protected. Let's do it. Pay attention and listen. He's about to teach class. Inside the vault, my man asks cash. So get your man right. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. You see him and change your life. Millionaire mindset, the best on earth. Blueprints of wealth and knowledge network. So get it while you can and he's standing right here. Just come inside the vault and see black millionaires. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all, so welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet where we help you live in abundance spiritually, practically. We help you get from five to six to seven figures in your business so you can live the life that you deserve. When I tell you that our next guest is really going to help you out no matter where you are in the business spectrum, whether you are a nine to fiver with a side hustle looking to transition, whether you are a full-time entrepreneur, whether you've been an entrepreneur for years, the truth of the matter is that 85% of businesses have the wrong HR setup. And what happens in turn, what happens is you are opening yourself to liabilities and all of the grind, the sleepless nights, everything that you've done to build this business up is in jeopardy because you don't have the right seats on the bus. So we have a special guest who is going to teach us everything we need to know to make sure that our structure is the right way. We have Miss Lakeisha Robichaud in the building. She is the CEO of Chief of Minds, a company that will help you get all of your HR affairs in order. She's much more than that, and we're going to tap into all of it. 
But Miss Lakeisha, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ash. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I I appreciate this because my journey, you know, I was a banking executive, right, for 15 years. And so I understand, like, the importance of human resources and the importance of a team and making sure uh, that the team is structured correctly. And in full transparency, uh, when I transitioned from corporate America to become uh, an entrepreneur, my thought process wasn't corporate because I was like, I'm leaving corporate. So I'm going to run this like what I thought an entrepreneur is supposed to run the business. And so what I did was I, I was I was a hustler. Right. I'm, I'm you know, I'm hustling. I'm hustling. I don't have the you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hustle to make money. I'm trying to hustle to make ends meet. In, in hindsight, a lot of that hustle is coming to back to bite me. Right. Because as I grow, I'm growing so fast that now there's structures that I need to put into place. And, um, it, you know, now I'm trying to play catch up. Now I'm losing out on opportunities because I don't have the right people. And so I appreciate this 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 uh, episode because um, I know that I'm not the only one. I know all of my, my nine to fivers they're having the same issue. Um, and so we're going to jump into that. But before we start, um, for those who don't know, who is Lakeisha Robichaux? So Lakeisha Robichaux is, um, first and foremost, a wife, a mother, um, a serial entrepreneur, CEO and founder of Chief of Minds, which is a um, outsourced human resources company, um, CEO and uh, founder of Chief of Minds Staffing, and CEO and founder of Chief of Minds Insurance. Um, and also Biz Chief's uh, mastermind, author, speaker, all around, yes. you know, businesswoman. Take me on this journey. Like, you know, what qualifies you to help businesses get their HR business, uh, you know, together? Oh, absolutely. So before I actually launched Chief of Minds, I was uh, in human resources. Mm -hmm. I was in business management, HR um, for Dollar General, CVS Pharmacy. My background is actually business management and human resources. And so um, before I actually started Chief of Minds, I was the executive director of one of these school districts Mm -hmm. um, where I live in Louisiana. And um, when the superintendent came and recruited me to build their human resources department, he had already told me, he said, listen, we're working ourselves out of a job here. Um, Because what we did with the school district, we took over failing schools um, and brought in special charter schools to run and and improve academics performance. So when we got there, the charter schools that we recruited actually asked me um, to come and work for them. They was like, hey, listen, I want you to come either run the charter school. I want you to run HR. We need to have you. And I had dipped in entrepreneurship prior to then. And I started getting that itch back. And I told them I saw the demand and the need. And so I said, instead of hiring me, you know, I'll consult with you. You can hire me and I'll, you know, run your HR. You can do it through my company. I was like, hey, either way, it doesn't matter. As long as we can have you, you know, servicing us, that works. And so from there, Chief of Minds was born Mm. to really helping companies build human resources. And we really started off with with charter schools, Mm. honestly, Um, building out their HR, serving as their HR, their payroll. And it really just grew from there because every time we did something, all right, can you put my employee handbook together? Can you do our payroll? Can you do our training? So, and it just grew and flourished from there. And that's smart though, right? Because you, you, you know, as Beyonce would say, pay me in equity, right? And so instead of, you know, taking a job, right, you were able to negotiate a contract Paid the same thing, but but the structure is what matters uh, because when you work a job, they're buying your time. Absolutely. Right? And when you have your own business, who cares about the time? Just do what you say you were going to do. And so, I, you know, I, I know it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the HR, but I, I don't want our insiders to miss that, that as you're thinking about entrepreneurship, make sure, you know, that you're structuring it the right way uh, because the right structure allows you to scale, allows you to build that business. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. 
And so break down for us, how does human resource support, how can that increase a business's uh, revenues and profits? So um, the way that you can really increase it with, from an HR standpoint is really reducing liability, mm-hmm. making sure that you have compliance. So for one thing, and this is not just honestly your, your entrepreneur, small business owners, you know, even with hundreds of employees, oftentimes they don't have the structures and processes in place. So like onboarding, mm-hmm. when you hire your first employee, one, you need an employee handbook. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you're setting yourself up for failure. You're yeah. setting yourself up for litigation because there's policies that you need to have in place so that way you can easily grow and scale. That first employee is hired, have them sign an employee handbook book, have electronically the onboarding paperwork that they need. So that way, hey, you don't have to stop. You don't have to look. You have this process in place that they need to go through, the training and development, the orientation that they need. So that way you can continue as a CEO, the founder, the executive um, um, president, so that way you can have what you need in place to uh, focus on the vision and not be deep inside trying to get them what they need to do. Mm, Got it. Got it. And that's important because, you know, again, all of us who've had jobs before understand that the reason why, you know, when you, you know, you have the employee handbook, you sign them, you do the trainings, like they want proof that they told you everything that you needed to know so that if there's a reason to sort of let somebody go, you know, they they have a leg to stand on. And, and again, it's funny because I never really think about that from an entrepreneurship perspective, right? You hire an employee. Uh, once you hire uh, an employee, now there's laws, there's labor laws that you have to follow. And so what is EEOC and how can that potentially shut down your business? So EOC is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And so really, that can shut down your business if you get a discrimination, an age case. So like right now, uh, my company, we actually, one of our clients have a complaint. And so we're looking at, okay, well, if this employee, well, they discriminated against the race, what, was something said, you know, was something on an age basis? Was um, there any type of age discrimination that took place? Did you terminate an employee and then hire another employee that may have been younger? Mm. Um, did you say something that may have been um, racially um, ignited to them. And so what they do is they file the complaint with the EOC. The EOC sends out something to the company. If the EOC finds out that there was something that actually was said mm-hmm. that was discriminatory or age or if there's a, a, a lot more, then it can actually shut down a business because if you have to pay those funds when you have to go to litigation, then, you know, you can, all the revenue profits that you made can actually go to that particular employee. Wow. So it can be threatening, life-threatening to a company. So does EEOC, like, does it only apply if you're hiring an employee, like what if I have 1099 contract employees? How, do, how, does, how does that work? Yeah, so yeah, that's that's different. This is for your employees. Now your 1099s, they can come back and they can sue you because they're a subcontract, they're contracted to your company, yeah. but they're not an employee to the yeah. company. So you still can get sued if there was any type of situation where you were discriminatory to the contractor or anything like that. But this is for equal employment, yeah. which are employees versus the contractors. Got you. And then so I read the book uh, From Good to Great by Jim Collins. And Jim Collins talks about making sure you have the right seats on the bus, right? And and I know, again, from my corporate days, having, you know, employees and things of that nature, even if they were good in character, if they weren't the right people on the bus, you know, it, it you know, it, it, it could stop my, you know, my business or, or the, you know, whatever my division I was managing at the time uh, from flourishing. You believe that having the right team uh, could 10x your business. You know, talk to us about that. Absolutely. So having the right team in place can can really grow your business. When you have, and actually it's really a vetting process because, you know, back in the day when we looked at employees and developing employees and wanted the right employees, you wanted someone that had the skill set. 
But now it's not all just about skill set. Skill set is just the fifth percent of order. Do they have the culture? You mm. know, do they fit with the culture? Because you can have someone that comes in and they're toxic. They can destroy the entire company morale that you put in place that you grew your company from by one particular person. So when you're interviewing, you're betting, you know, having the entire team there, you know, for the interview. Let them sit in, let them give feedback, give them questions, let them have a rubric, you know, where you're actually vetting the um, the potential candidates so that way you know that they look, they're a good team, they're a good fit. Also, depending on, you know, the type of company that you have, are you doing social media screening? Because oftentimes, of course, people are selling themselves mm. when they come in for an interview. Yeah, yeah. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. Right, right, so right, then right. you go back and you look at social media. So are they walking to walk and talking to talk on mm. social media on a daily basis? Yeah. Because you may get someone that really is not genuine to the character which you're looking for to employ inside of your company. Yeah. So really vetting them that and knowing that, okay, hey, they can 10x my business with what they bring to the table. Do they have the qualifications? You know, and it's also a skill of will. If they don't have the qualifications, are they willing to learn? Mm. You know, are they willing to go above and beyond? Because mm. you can really, if you have someone that's hungry, someone that really is motivated, hey, I can teach you what you need to learn as mm. long as you're willing to listen, to learn, mm. and keep moving with it. So it, it's really important to have a team in place to really grow and then having the right roles. And that's why I tell a lot of people um, in my business mastermind, you really need to look at the org chart. Are you putting an org chart in place? Mm. Because don't put just names there. Put the titles in which you have the vision for your company. Mm. How do you want your company? company to grow. So yeah. let's look, do we have an HR department? Do we have operations? Do we have finance? Put the, the positions there and mm. then hire for those particular positions mm. so you know where you're going. And it's a fluid thing with the org chart, but so that way you have the vision and what you're trying to, what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, at, and at what what point, what, what's your suggestion, right? At what point do you go from contract, you know, from contract, the independent contractors to employees, right? Because you know, I know you can hustle your way to six figures as a as an entrepreneur, um, but when it's time to get to that next level, that seven, that eight figures, uh, you really need to have a team together. You really have to um, have structure or chart things of that nature. You know, what's your advice to the entrepreneur who is like growing and scaling? When do you make that that pivot? When do you make that transition from independent contractor to you know employee? So when you know when the business is growing, you know the demand that you have. Have. Because when you're an entrepreneur, like you said, you can hustle and, you know, you can learn. Entrepreneurs, we can learn to do just about anything. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you need to be doing everything yeah, and anything. Yeah. So when you know, you realize, and you determine that you have a, a special skill set that you need or you can't do it all, depending on how you want them. Because there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a contractor. Mm. So with the contractor, of course, you can't say, okay, well, I, I need you. This is your schedule. This is what I need you on. Because a contractor, they can employ and, and contract with several companies. Mm. By law, by the IRS terms, they're supposed to. Mm. They're supposed to invoice you. Mm. Um, they're supposed to use their own equipment. Whereas an employee, hey, if they qualify for the exempt status, you tell them, hey, um, this is a nine to five, but there may be overtime you know, that's considered. I may you know, contact you when I need you to do this or that. And so they have the skill set that you know that you need. You're growing and you have specialized positions for them. So um, you, you know that you need a team when you say, hey, I, I need someone for maybe HR. I need someone for accounting. I need someone to serve as my executive assistant. I need someone to monitor the facilities and the management and operations as we go. When you identify that, you really want oftentimes um, employees for those type of positions mm, because yeah. you need them. You need them to advise you and you need them when you need to pick up the phone or, or have them there. Whereas sometimes contract they have different things that's going on. They can't always be there mm. to answer those questions for you. Yeah, and I love that. And I think that, like, even, um, you know, in, in some of my businesses, what, what I've done um, is I have uh, dedicated employees who 
also manage the subcontractors, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, sometimes somebody might be watching right now and they and they may be saying, well, I have all these subcontracts, so I'm good, but who's going to manage those processes, right. right? And so you want to, you know, maybe having all 1099 employees might not necessarily be the right way to go um, because when things fall to, to the crack, like like through the crack, who are you holding responsible, right? right. Um, and, then, and then if you, you know, can't hold anybody responsible, this is your business. This is your livelihood. This is the thing that's helping you, you know, sustain. Right. And so, you know, you know, and thinking about that, right, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur and there are many people who have multiple businesses, mm-hmm. right? Um, how do you, from a, from a structure perspective, how do you structure those businesses so that everything is running smoothly? Do you, you know, as the CEO of each of the businesses, you know, do you hire, you know, somebody? Give me yes. that. And, yes. and, and I'll be honest, I'm getting free advice right now. So come on, <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. So, yes, you, you, you have to have it because, one, just going back to what you said, you can't manage everybody and everything, and there has to be accountability. Yeah. That's where accountability comes in. So having maybe a directive operations, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to hold everyone accountable in what they're supposed to do. So give you, for instance, with my um, HR company, I have a human resources director. Mm-hmm. The HR director manages, you know, the HR. Mm-hmm. She manages the HR generalist that mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. Um, operations handles operations. Mm-hmm. Um, we have recruiters. So recruiter handles that. So you have individuals inside of those business that own their particular positions, but mm-hmm. that's managing. And a chief of staff as well. So mm-hmm. I've had a, a, um, a chief of staff, and the chief of staff really manages all all three businesses. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whatever's going on, you know, everyone knows. Okay, I go to the chief of staff unless they go to the direct supervisor. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you have to have someone that's in charge, mm-hmm. you know, so that way they can handle and hold everyone accountable. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to say uh, accountability because a lot of people think of that as a bad word when you say right. accountability. Right. Yeah. But it's not so much a bad word. But you have to have accountability. You have to make sure that things are being done, that you're getting results that you need at the end. Of of the day, mm-hmm, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I love that because, you know, again, I mean, we use the word scale a lot. Um, and scale is really you proved the concept, you worked hard, you hustled, you did everything that you needed to do. Um, and then now it's time to take your business to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and without you know, the proper structure without without the proper people, you know, you can't take it to that next level. Um, and so for, for that person that that's in this position where they're like, all right, I need to find, you know, an employee. And the truth of the matter is that a lot of entrepreneurs, they some of them have never worked before. Yeah. Some of them have never hired anybody before. What are some uh, tips that you can, you know, give entrepreneurs like as to like what like what to look for when they're making their first hire. Absolutely. So, and it really depends on the on the position, you know, when you're first hiring. You know, mm-hmm. who you want to, what role are you hiring for? So, if you're hiring for, and I say with with entrepreneurs when you're hiring first employee, people always ask, what's the first position you should hire for? It really depends on the need that you have. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I won't lie, it's usually like an executive assistant because you need someone that's gonna manage your schedule. Yeah. You need someone that's gonna have the customer service. Yeah. You know, make phone calls things like that. So if it may be the executive system, you want someone that's going to be detail-oriented, you know, someone that's great with communication skills. Um, and you can do that, of course, by interviewing them. Um, referrals are always great. You know, if you know people that know people, I always say ask for referrals first. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's for another position, and I'll tell you, this is something I learned in my business, be quite honest with you. So at first, my, my first position was like an executive assistant coordinator type position. Mm-hmm. But I needed someone high level. Mm-hmm. I, I, had, I had to learn that way that 
you know, I was going around, okay, you know, I want to keep the revenue in, you know, yeah. let me keep this money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hired, okay, let me get it, you know, operations, executive type person. But I needed someone as my business was growing that could go in those rooms and talk on my behalf mm-hmm. that I had to be in every room. Yeah, yeah. So what I ended up doing, that next one was really a well-rounded chief of staff, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. can speak, that knew human resources, that was mm-hmm. articulate, that can do what I needed to do. So mm-hmm. I honestly, my advice is really that it depends on the position that you need, but those high-level positions can take you so fast yeah. you know, to where you need to go because they can represent you and you don't have to spend a lot of time doing the training development. Yeah. I, I want to go real quick back on, you know, how you were talking about the growing and scaling. This applies to your question, you know, mm-hmm. about what do you do? So with growing and scaling also... A lot of people don't realize, you know, when you're in a growth phase, the growth and the scaling. So when you're in a growth, you know, that's when you're investing a lot of money inside of your business. Mm. You know, you're hiring employees, you're buying equipment, you're, you may be moving to a new building, purchasing buildings and things like that. So there's a lot of, and that's when you're doing your streamline and your processes and things like that. When you are scaling, that's when you've done all that. You've made that mm. investment so you can scale. A lot of technology companies are able to scale really fast because sometimes they don't need people. Mm. They have a lot of systems in mm. place yeah. so they can do that much faster. On the scaling phase, all of that has been done mm. so you can scale much faster. You can take on additional business and you're not having to put a lot of money inside of expenses. Mm. So you're starting to see your profits more. Growth, you have revenue going up and mm. profit going up. Mm. But with that scaling, you see a lot of profit. But with entrepreneurs, oftentimes, we don't take the time to really go through that growth phase. Whoa. We want to be in that scale phase yeah, so yeah, fast. Yeah, 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 we yeah. haven't invested that time in the growth phase yet. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So insiders, I need y'all to I need I need y'all to take you know because she she from Louisiana so she talking fast. Listen, <laughs> say that one more time because because as you were saying it, I was like she's right you know and 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 I don't know blame it on social media blame it on terminology. Every time I hear people talk, entrepreneurs, even myself, and when I'm in rooms. I'm hearing growth. I'm no, not growth. I'm hearing scale, scale, scale. We want to scale. We want to scale this. We want to scale that. We want to scale that. And when I think about scaling, I'm putting both of them together, actually, Mm -hmm. right? I'm putting growth and scaling together because I'm saying I want to grow fast, fast, fast. But I know um, that in order to do that, I need to hire. I need to put people in position. I need to only do the things that I have to do, get the executive assistant and things of that nature. But this growth, like we don't talk about growth enough, right. right? And if I hear you correctly, it's almost like take a step backwards, mm-hmm. right? Take a step back, really, you know, build a foundation. That's right. Right? Don't, don't build the roof first and then... That's put right. the walls up like you can't do that right you gotta start with the foundation can you you know explain that that growth phase again because I don't want nobody to miss it I need them to understand the the you know you know why is it important if you want to scale right yeah, right. yeah. absolutely so with growth and scaling that growth phase is really when you are really investing inside the business the foundation like you said you're hiring you're looking at your org chart and you're saying okay these are the positions that I need this is the type of equipment that I need. This is the type of apps and software that I need. You're building those out. Yeah. You are, it may be another building because, okay, I, I, I'm, I, I need more building because I'm hiring more people. I need this warehouse space because I'm bringing this 
this product in. So you are actually investing. A lot of money is going out mm. in that growth phase. You're getting clients. You're starting to see that growth. You're seeing the uptick inside of the business. Yeah. So that the revenue is going up and the profit is going mm. up, but you don't see that percentage. That profit margin is not yeah. as high oh, yeah. because you are still, you're having to go back and spend a lot of money on your operating costs and your expenses. Yeah. Now, once you get to that scale phase, okay, you've done this. You've streamlined. You've done all of the investments you need. So now you can reap the benefits. You're you're in profit mode during mm. that scale phase because all of the systems are built out. Yeah. You have the employees. They've been trained. They've been developed. Everybody knows their role. So that profit margin is looking very, very good during that wow. scale phase. It's wow. only up from here. Yeah. And, and, and with technology companies, you see them, they can scale a lot faster because yeah. they're system and technology driven. Yeah. They don't have to employ a lot of people because they have the processes. They have the apps in place, you yeah. know, or they're outsourcing some of those things that they really don't need in-house. Yeah. So they can scale much faster. But oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we want to just go straight to scale. Okay, I need mm. to see these profits. Yeah. But then when you start bringing in all that business, it's like, oh, wow, I don't have systems in place. Yeah. I don't have processes in yeah. place. So, and then it, what can happen, it can go down. Right. Because people, your clients have a bad experience. Right. The customer journey is not good because you have not outlined, you haven't mapped that out to wow. see exactly what it should be and put the time into that to make it great. Wow. So like, you like literally just blessed my whole life. <laughs> like seriously, because like, Hustle, hustle, hustle mode. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs are in hustle mode to prove the concept, mm -hmm. right? To prove, hey, I have a business. People want what I have to offer. And for me, because I started to see that, you know, I was in that phase where I'm like, all right, now it's time to get to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. And then as you're starting to get to that next level, you're realizing um, that it's taking too much of your time. So now you're trying to, you know, build the systems and things of that nature. And to be 100% honest, you start realizing that you're spending a lot or you're investing a lot of money, right? right? We're not going to use the word spend, right? We're investing a lot of money, like... Like even even for me, you know, we've invested a lot of money this year, like mm -hmm. a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? In in you know, masterminds, self development, systems, people, things of that nature, and you know, it almost feels like, man, like I'm just starting to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Why I can't enjoy the lot of money right now, right? <laughs> but but it's almost like. Um, having to have delayed gratification, That's right. right? Like, like, nah, don't be so fast to try to enjoy the fruits of your labor now because you're making a lot of money now, but if you don't have the right systems in place, like, you're building your, your business on quicksand. That's right. Right? Quicksand. You're building your business on quicksand, and so that that lot of money is not even sustainable. Right. Right? And so now you might, you might you know, hit a lick this year, but then next year you can't sustain it. Um, talk about that a little bit, right? Because you, you, you talked about customer journey, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think people understand how vital it is, you know, to make sure that the customer journey is, is smooth and seamless and have that that good reputation with your company to make sure that you're there for a long you know long Ab time absolutely and that's how sometimes unfortunately you it can make a break a business or yeah. make a break your reputation yeah. your brand um and what it stands for because if your customer journey is not good so when you bring on a, a new client you know what does that experience look like for them you know you onboard them are they going to talk to one person um do they need to complete certain type of forms or, or, or a product in 
information for you. Um, the next step, you know, then what, how do you onboard them? How do you start delivering the services to them? If there's not an A to Z process in place, if you're not giving them an overview, if they're not speaking to someone during that, automatically they've already shut down. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't understand what this is about. Did I invest the right way? And so remember that when one person says something, they go and they tell other people, mm-hmm. you know, about the services they have. And so that that, that brand builds up. If you have a great customer uh, customer journey, then that's excellent. You mm-hmm. have an onboarding processes for them. Mm-hmm. You have an account manager that they speak to. You have someone that follows up with them. If there's any type of issues, complaints, concerns, what have you, they know who they should contact. And you should go back and you should be getting feedback from them. Okay, you know, how can we assist? And these are opportunities that I like to talk where you can go back and honestly possibly upsell, mm-hmm. give them other services. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things with my customer journey, when I we get new clients after 30 days, 30, 60, 90 days, I have touch points with them. I'm meeting with the CEO mm-hmm. and I'm asking you, okay, so how's everything been going? I want to know how, how our experience, give it to me, tell me, be transparent with me. Oh, it's going great. You know, or, or I, I had a question about this. That's great. I'm going to keep those touch points with the CEO because I want to make sure it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I'm going to ask them, okay, let's go to lunch. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's go have coffee or let's get on a Zoom together. Of Mm. course, if we're not. But that customer journey, they people, they oftentimes they want you to feel like they're your only customer. So, and I am not only am I doing that, but then I also will have one of my employees do that as well. Make sure you touch base with them mm. to see how it's going. And you have customers for life when you have a good customer journey like that. Right. You know, they can have people go and pitch your competitors, mm. you know, that try to go and pitch them. But they know if they have a good relationship, a yeah. good partnership yeah. at the end of the day. They're sticking with you. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I want everybody to pay attention um, that, you know, we, we, we talk about living in abundance and abundance is your birthright. Um, a lot of times when you are speeding, trying to build your business fast enough, a lot of it is based on lack mentality, right? Because you're having this money come in and this is your first time seeing, you know, fast money, whatever it is, five figures, six figures, seven figures, whatever it is, you're seeing that come in so fast. And now you're like, oh my God, you you know, you're thinking in lack, I don't want to lose it. And so you're not willing to invest in the business. And so, you know, you're really just trying to hoard everything and mm. and thinking this it's going to go away uh but in fact if you make the proper investment you go and you know become you know you go beyond being a CEO right that's right speaking that's right. of which right <laughs> talk to us about your book Absolutely. So Grand Beyond the CEO. I wrote Grand Beyond the CEO because so many, especially entrepreneurs and small business owners, often had questions about, okay, just how do I build a team? How do I get beyond just my vision and where I'm trying to go with my business? So Grand Beyond the CEO is all about team. It's about building your team. It's about the onboarding process, Mm -hmm. you know, laying out what should an onboarding process look like? You know, how do I even take, and these are some of the hard conversations that, you know, we don't want to have oftentimes, but, you know, how do I terminate an employee Mm -hmm. when that happens? What does corrective action look like? Mm -hmm. And so there's guidance on, you know, when that should be done. And I always want to say, regardless if you have one employee, 
document, document, document. Yeah, we talk yeah. about that um, in Growing Beyond a CEO. Even, you know, we're training about the type of leader you should be because there are different times where you should be different type of leaders. Mm. And in my book, I talk about, you know, during Hurricane Katrina, as you said, I'm from Louisiana. So at the time, Hurricane Katrina, I was living in New Orleans. And as everybody knows, during Katrina, you know, it was a lot going on. There yeah. needed we, we had to have the structure. You know, we had to have, you know, someone that would get things in place. And so when it was General Honore, um, when he came down, mm. he was a different type of leader. Mm. He was a very um, direct in what he did, it, but he was very sincere at the same time. He mm. understood the people's needs. Mm. And so at different times in leadership, you have to have that. There's a time where you may have to have that authoritative role. There's a time you may have to have the coaching role. Mm. Um, and so learning what those different type of leadership, and you may need to be that different times with your employees. I talk about that in the book as well. Um, even the recruiting, the vetting process, you know, like I said, that will and that skill. Growing beyond the CEO is, 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 is all about building a team and the processes that you need from A to Z, you know, especially if you don't have the background in HR on how to get there and maps it out for you in Growing Beyond the CEO. No, I love that. I love that. And then what, what type of personal development does someone need to be a leader, right? Because even as you build out, right? You get you get the right team, uh, but if you can't lead the team the right way, um, you could potentially lose the team. You could potentially, you know, not grow your business because you're, you're you're not a good leader. And you know, again, a lot of you know our our insiders have probably, uh, you know, they worked in a corporate job, probably a individual contributor, and maybe never really managed a team. So, what type of like training or personal development does one need to develop their leadership skills? So, definitely, as far as uh, personal development, mindset is one for sure because there's so many things as a CEO, you know, it, it can be lonely. Yeah, you know, when you have employees, you have team members, you know, where you want to bounce ideas off, you know, employees may come to you. You want to get a, a second thought, a second opinion on things or how you should handle it. Because especially coming from corporate, when you think about you know, the bottom line, everything matters, you yeah. know, entrepreneur, small business owner. So what should that look like? So a business coach mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. um, is one that I highly recommend. And then getting training and development, going to different leadership conferences um, is one. There's a lot of uh, business management and human resources management conferences, associations that you can join, and they have leadership development in your particular field. But business coach, I would say, you know, having the personal development about mindset, um, different masterminds where you can talk with people, you know, that are doing the same thing that you are, bounce ideas, share those experiences, and they can give you some insight, you know, because they may have been in those particular situations and 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 be able to share those thoughts with you. No, I love it. I love it. And so talk to us, you know, about your five-day experience. You created a five-day experience, uh, you know, for entrepreneurs, for small businesses, for, you know, the nine-to-fiver who's transitioning into, you know, being an employee. You know, talk uh, to us about that. Absolutely. So yeah, with this five-day um, experience, it, it tells you or uh, gets you prepared for everything um, that you need to know as far as being a business owner mm. um, and what your HR process should look like. So from the onboarding of employees, what type of paperwork do you need? What should the experience look like? Because keep in mind that a lot of turnover, when you look at turnover rates, it's during that first like 90 days. Mm. Because if it's your... Uh, you are actually looking at them, you're observing them and evaluating it, but they're doing the same thing with you. Mm -hmm. If their experience is not, if it's all over the place, you know, they don't have no um, paperwork that they need, if they don't have any insight on what's next, no training or what have you, they're starting to look other places. Right. So the onboarding process, um, employee handbook, we're talking about the policies that you need. Some of those really mandatory policies, not some of this, it depends on where you live at, but we're talking about that. We're talking about hiring. You know, what should hiring look like? What are the interview questions that you can ask? 
the interview questions that you can't ask because there's some interview questions that you should not ask that are mm-hmm. illegal interview questions. Wow. Um, so that, you know, um, also corrective action, if you need to take that, what should it look like? And then overall, being a leader in a business, you know, what steps do you need to take when it comes to coaching? Because you mm-hmm. have to coach employees for success yeah. at the end of the day. So we're going all of that to really get you compliant so that way you reduce liability inside of your business. You have the forms that you need. You know what to say if an employee says that they, you know, had a, a, um, a grievance that they want to file. If they felt like they work in a hostile work environment, what should you say? So if you're working in a hostile environment, you know, what do you tell an employee if an employee comes and say, hey, I was being harassed by a vendor or something? Mm. Because you still have to protect your employees. It is your duty as a business owner if they come and complain to you that you do something about it because you're just equally responsible if you don't. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, I I think it's important that everybody just really think about joining the five-day challenge and really just learning um, about the process because I know for us, you know, when I was, uh, you know, in corporate and, you know, had a position I was hiring, you know, we went through a a very lengthy process. Um, And the reason for that uh, was because there's actually a cost of actually losing, right? So all of, all of the costs that, uh, you know, you train the person, you get the person ready, you develop the person. Um, if the environment's not right and that person leaves, the time that it's going to take to transition, uh, to find a new person. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Like the, the importance of, you know, you know, I mean, we already talked about, uh, why you want to have a team because it can help you, you know, during that growth stage. Um, and it's going to help you scale, but talk also about, uh, the pitfalls of like hiring the wrong people and the cost, like, like yo, you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes you know you got to strike when the iron's hot, and if you lose an employee because you didn't follow the right procedures, that could like you know absolutely, yeah. it could definitely um, turn your company around. If you just going when you talk about the pitfalls, one, if an employee uh, decides that they don't want to work. For you and they leave, they terminate. One, you've invested a lot of time. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you look at the tangible, also look at the intangible because you have to go back and train that person again. That mm. is money to actually have to go back and do that. Yeah. You've invested your time, your resources um, into doing that. If you actually have to terminate them, then you also have to look at the litigation costs. Mm. You know, hopefully you have an attorney and then get an employment attorney. And all attorneys, of course, and they know, you know, are not equal, get an employment attorney, but you have to go, you know, in court or if you're going to settle um, out of court, those are still expenses that you have to take. Mm-hmm. So you want to vet employees before you actually hire them. You'll hear people often say, you know, fire fast, hire slow, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I being having that that HR background, mm-hmm. I don't always say fire fast. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, you want to get if they're toxic, you want to get them out of your company, do it yeah. as, as fast as you can do it. But Make sure you have the processes documented. Make sure you have all of your paperwork. But when you're hiring, the reason why they say slow is because you want to get the right fit. You mm-hmm. want to get the person that is going to add value to your company. You want to get someone that's going to believe in your vision, mm-hmm. someone that is dedicated, someone that wants to work. They really see it. And you should be honest as you're asking them questions, questions that actually tell them, that be able to tell you exactly how they would handle certain, certain situations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we're interviewing, our questions are made around things that happen inside the business. Mm-hmm. And so we make them up based on situations that we had. How would you handle this particular situation? Because I want to know how you're going to think. Are you able to quick think? Are you able to quick think on your feet? What does your judgment skills look like? What do your decision-making skills look like? So we use real-life questions inside to know, okay, whether or not we have a good fit. But yeah, you investing in upfront in the employee process to know that you reap the gains at the end um, will help you reduce that liability inside of your company. Yeah, and I love that. And then that's why... 
you know, going back to having an employee handbook and having, uh, you know, SOPs and things of that nature are important because uh, even if you have to uh, transition into someone new, um, at least you have sort of like the documentation and you have, you know, the guide and the things that are going to help the new employee kind of get to the next level. And so, like, where do you suggest entrepreneurs find employees like 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 all right cool you know do do I do I do I post something on on IG and be like yo look I'm hiring yeah. uh, do I go to indeed do I like 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 where do I find you know yeah. qualified people so yeah so you I always say social media use your social media you know that's free advertisement mm-hmm. free marketing for yeah. social media so yeah. put it on your comp if you have a company account personal account normally the per- personal account will meet you much better you'll get more yeah. um exposure so um social media is one um you can even do job fair career mm. fairs on social media. You go mm. live, you know, talk about the position, mm. talk about what you're hiring for. Indeed is another place that you actually can go for sure. Also look at the association. So like if you're looking for a marketing person in your area or even the, the National Market Association, look and see if you can post mm. jobs there, post yeah. the, the positions that you have open. So also look at it then by industry and post positions, you know, on there. Um, if you want to just hire local, go to some of your local universities and colleges. You can find some good, good, you know, new hire as far as like new graduates or even interns. Mm. Create an internship program, you know, mm. so that way they can get some real life experience, you know, with doing it. Um, but you want to constantly build your database as well as an employer when you're getting these resumes, you know, if even if you don't know if they don't have the experience right now, put them in a, in a folder so you, that way you can go back and look at them later. Mm, um, but really yeah. the marketing piece is really behind putting it out there and what you're hiring for and who you're hiring for. No, nah, I love it, love it. And so what, what what would you say is like the, the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make when, when hiring? The biggest mistake that they make is they're looking for somebody that's just like them. Oh, that's the one. They want someone that's just like that's them. That's the one. Yes. That's the yes. one. When at the end of the day, you need someone that's going to compliment you. Mm. You don't need anyone that's just like you. You need someone that can actually pick up where your opportunities, a.k.a. weaknesses are. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So not someone you have you already. Why get someone that's, you know, that has the same strengths? You get someone that can compliment you, yeah. that can grow that other side. If you're the visionary, get someone that's going to get really inside the details mm, for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can get you from A point A point, a point Z where you don't have to be grounded yeah. in there. Um, and in the other pieces, entrepreneurs make is they always hire, they want to start because they want to save money on taxes Uh uh and they want to hire a contractor. Mm. Contractor is not always a, the, the best, you know, hire, yeah. especially if you're treating them like an employee. Mm. If you're going to hire an employee, put them on payroll, pay the pay taxes. Yeah. It's going to um, save you money in the beginning. Yeah. Also, pay yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm. Act, actually, take out the taxes and everything, mm. so that way you can start. You can claim all of this and um, all of this the, the cost savings things in that. Mm. But yeah, but those are some some areas where we see entrepreneurs make mistakes. Sheesh, look, a lot lot of game, and I'm gonna tell you, I did the same thing. Like, and that's why that one hit me because, you know, early on, my first hire, if you will, was somebody just like me. Because I was like, I, you know, I, I want to make sure we're, we're, we're connected and, you know, we have the same vision and things of that nature. And it didn't work because we were like bumping heads. Right. Um, and then a lot of a lot of my weaknesses were, you know, were, were things like operations and things of that nature. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know what I'm saying? I mean, fast out to my wife because my wife was actually in HR. And that's the thing. Because we were so opposite, I was like, I could never work with you. <laughs> but then as I started realizing like, yo, she the one I need. That's right. Because... Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, as I'm trying to go fast, like, she's the one that if I have, because I'm because i a visionary, so I have these big ideas, and she's like, how? How, how Sway? Like, she's like, listen, right. slow down. Yes. This is what you need to do. And I'd be like, 
yeah, you're right. You That's know what I'm saying? Right. And so, right. so, so, so I love that. All right, cool. So make sure, listen, she got the five-day challenge. You know, make sure you go uh, inside yourhr.com uh, to join, to really just spend five days and, you know, really learn about how to properly structure your business. If you, look, you know abundance is your birthright, so you know that your business will get, get to the next level. Don't wait till you actually get there to try to, you know, build the foundation, learn, you know, how to build the foundation right now. Um, and so I want to switch gears a little bit, right? You know, you know, as a wife, uh, as a mother, um, as a serial entrepreneur, how do you uh, balance it all? Um, I'm not even going to lie to you. It, it, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, you know, with balancing it all. Um, at the end of the day, you know, wife and and, um, and motherhood comes first and foremost through it all. Yeah. But you have to be very, have a schedule, you yeah. know. Day in, day out, I really live by my calendar. Yeah. You know, on my calendar, you know, what goes on, what's happening um, with my kids' events, you know, with things that my husband has going on. That is on a calendar that comes first. And I make sure that I, I schedule everything so that way when it's time for a meeting or whatever I have, I actually have it on the calendar. So I really live by the calendar with balancing it all. And I really try to, you know, get away, especially on the weekends. Mm. You know, on the weekends, it's usually family time. You know, yeah. we're doing, we have to do, you know, church is, is Sunday. So I make sure to get that in. You know, we do a lot of traveling and, and family events. I love hosting things at my house. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I really balance it out. But they know, you know, at the end of the day, also with the work, you know, I, I, I get that done. So yeah. balancing it by making sure that, you know, I get both in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, this kind of goes back to having the right team and delegation yes. and things of that nature because, yes. you know, balance can also come in the form of, you know, having that strong number two, that person that yes. can manage things. So as you're, you know, you know. That's so right. Yeah. I am, am at the end of the day, I have a phenomenal team, a yeah. phenomenal team. Um, I mean, right now, you know, they're with human resources, they're at the office getting everything done that yeah. needs to get done. And when you have dedicated employees that really um, see the vision, they really understand, they have the will, they have the skill, you know, that's so important. And it, it really goes back to vetting and yeah. knowing, taking the time to get to know the employees so that way you can grow. You can really focus on growing a business, doing what like I'm doing right now, yeah. you know, and that, that way they can keep the, the operation still running. Yeah. But you got to have that sound team in place, you know, and it, that allows you to do that. Yeah, no, I love it. So take me back, like right now, you know, Lakeisha's a wife, a mom, a serial entrepreneur. But if she can go back and talk to her 18-year-old self, what advice are you giving young Lakeisha? I would give young Lakeisha um, advice to invest, um, Mm. one. You know, young Lakeisha was ready to go, you know, to college and start a career, which I wouldn't change that because I learned a lot, you know. Um, But definitely investing more um, because I've been doing a lot more investing Mm. and things like that and and having the wealth abundance, you know, that you talk about. So a lot more investing. But also, young Lakeisha, with starting the entrepreneurship journey, being more serious about it early. Mm. Because I, when I, when I was younger, my first business that I had, I was straight out of college. Mm. I was selling out my dorm room. I was selling clothes and shoes. Yeah. So I've always had that, I'm sure, but to take it more serious yeah. and pour more umph about it. And then also being Lakeisha more. Mm. Because when I got, when I went to college, you know, it was a lot of, you know, how you presented yourself and how you talked in those boardrooms and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I made sure I talked to talk about it, but at this point now, yeah. if I was 18, I would have done, you know, Lakeisha a mm. lot more than I'm doing right now. Mm, so. I love that. I love that. Uh, finish this statement for me. I am. I am 
excellent. Mm, love that. When it's all said and done, I will be. When it's all said and done, I will be a legend in my own right. Mm, love that. I want everyone who crosses my path to know. To know that I gave back. Mm. Um, I educated. And there's nothing that you cannot do if you don't put, if you put the action and the energy behind it. Nah, I love it. I love it. And so, you know, as somebody who, you know, has success, uh, what would you say is the most extravagant thing you've done with money so far? Extravagant thing I've done with money. That's a good question. Probably most extravagant probably was spent at this point now is investing a lot in, in stocks and mm. options and everything like that, yep. putting a lot of money. Yep. Because I try to stay away from, honestly, a lot of the quote unquote luxury. I do do it yep. time and time. Yep. But now I'm putting a lot more money, extravagant money inside of um, options and stocks and things like that and investing. Yep. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, what has been the most impactful thing you've done with money so far? Impactful thing was giving back, mm. giving back, tithing, giving to different charities yeah. and not wanting to even be, sometimes I give and I don't want anyone to know, you know, mm. just want to bless somebody, yeah. be a blessing to someone. Um, but definitely tithing. Yeah. That, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I love that because like, I, like, I think that's the best way to give, you know, yes. like, you know, a lot of times the anonymous giving is, I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so, so right now somebody's watching, uh, they have the nine to five, they're looking to transition uh, into full-time entrepreneurship. They, they don't know where to, where, where to start, where to go. They got the jitters. Uh, what advice are you giving to that person? I would say, you know, you don't have to always wait for a perfect time. There's not a perfect time, mm. you know. Uh, get with someone, whether it's a business coach. I definitely would say check out my website on my, my business chief's mastermind for something like that. But there's no perfect time to start. Just get up and start, but don't stop. Mm. You know, don't stop. And just make sure at, at the end of the day that you have, um, have you a plan and just work the plan. Do mm. the work, do the mm. work and be consistent with it. And so a lot of entrepreneurs, right? So most entrepreneurs, you know, probably were independent uh, contributors. They probably never had a staff and they didn't, you know, they they never really had any, you know, personal development in how to be, become a leader. And so what's the, 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 the best way uh, for an entrepreneur who's transitioning or who needs to develop their leadership skills to, to learn how to be a better leader? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's um, industries that you can actually check out where you can join associations and things like that. They have leadership development training, um, conferences, things like that, workshops that you can go through. Um, I also would just, of course, um, my mastermind. Mm -hmm. So um, also being a business coach, I have the Biz Chiefs Mastermind. Um, you can go to www.lakeisharoboshow.com. Um, and we talk all about leadership development inside the mastermind. Mm -hmm. You know, what it takes to be a leader, how to grow a team as a leader, um, how to grow personally as a leader. We discuss all of that um, with other entrepreneurs and business owners that are leading their company, six and seven figure companies. Yeah, and I love that because... You know, I've learned that uh, the power of the mastermind, right? Like N Napoleon Hill talked about it in Think of Grow Rich, That's you right. know, decades ago. Um, but me personally, um, you know, I've watched my business get to the next level by just just being in the room with other people who are going through the same thing and getting the, the you know, the right leadership, you know, from those who are where I want to be. So That's I appreciate right. that. That's right, exactly. Thank you. 
All right, cool. So we're going to do a lightning round. And what we do in a lightning round is we take uh, bank terms because we're literally inside the vault. Uh, we take bank terms and then we flip them for our show. Uh, the first term we're going to use is deposit slip. And a deposit slip, you know, obviously you take the, the form, uh, you fill it out, you put money into the bank. But for us, a deposit slip is a, a slip up, a mistake, right? A, a money mistake. Uh, what would you say is the biggest deposit slip that you've made in your journey so far? So biggest deposit money mistake I made was really with a, a, a business that I had before the business that I had now. Um, I had a staffing and agency company, and um, I spent a lot of money like on Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. I joined all these associations, networks, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and I sat back. I had the if I build it, they will come mentality. Mm, oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't market. I was like, look, you know, I'm in this Chamber of Commerce. You see my name on the directory. Call me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got clients, but I didn't get out and I didn't have, I wasn't a wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't hunting, yeah. you know, to try to go get the business. So when the economy went back in 2009, mm-hmm. business dried up and I only had those clients because that's what I relied on. Mm-hmm. And so that was the biggest mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. I didn't put enough effort inside of the marketing behind it and me going out to get it. Mm-hmm. I was focused on, hey, I got this office. I was sitting in the office, you know, waiting for the phone to ring mm-hmm. versus me going out and get it. And yeah. so that's that was a waste of money, and I told myself the next time I do it, I'm I'm gonna go get it, which I did. And you know, cheap my I love it. That. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, second term is charge off, right? So charge off. Uh, you borrow money from the bank. The bank is trying to get the money back, and you know, eventually they're like, all right, you know what? I ain't gonna get this money, so I'm gonna charge this off. Uh, but for us here inside the vault, a charge off is uh, what type of people or mindset did you have to charge off while you were on your journey? People that had limited mindset, mm-hmm. um, that the negativity. Yeah. They didn't like to, to speak things to existence. Mm-hmm. You know, they felt like there was no opportunity to grow. Yeah. And so I really had to charge that off, you know, and, and they wasn't trying to get out of the environment that they were in. They did not feel like, you know, that they can obtain much. And so I felt like, you know, if you're negative, if you're speaking negative, I don't want to be around you. I can't mm-hmm. be around because yeah. I don't want the negative energy around mm-hmm. me. Um, if you feel like, you know, blessings are only for certain people, mm-hmm. God blesses everybody. Yeah. So I can't have you surrounded with me with those limited beliefs thinking that God is going to bless you. Mm-hmm. I, I can't have that. Yeah. Um, so people with the negative energy, the negative thoughts, um, you know, I just didn't want to grow in general. Mm-hmm. You were still doing the same thing that you were doing like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't stay there. No, nah, so. I love that. I love that. All right. Last but not least, ATM, right? Uh, ATM machine, you put your card in, uh, you're asking for some money back here inside the vault. You know, you have dropped a lot of gems. You've saved, you know, our entrepreneurs a lot of money by doing it the right way. Uh, but we want one, we want one more, right? Uh, for us, ATM stands for another teachable moment. I need you to look in that camera, talk to our insiders and give us one more gem that's going to help our nine to fivers who are transitioning, our small business owners, our entrepreneurs. Give us one more gem, another teachable moment. Another teachable moment. Let me see. I would say another teachable moment is when you, especially if you're starting out um, in business, when you understand where you want to go and you understand your why, your why will not stop you. And also think about when you are growing your team, constantly think about who you want to be in the position. So that way you're not constantly backpedaling and hiring the wrong people. Think about what what you want them to do and where you want to go in your business. So the vision is important. And then what you want the roles to be, I would say, would be a good, um, some good gems or lessons too. All right, y'all. 
Lakeisha Robichaux, she dropped a lot of big gems. You have to start getting your people in place. Make sure you join her for her five-day challenge inside yourhr.com. Um, tell people again, like, like what, what they're going to get in the five yeah, days. Yeah, so in the five-day challenge, you're going to get policies and procedures. You're going to get employee handbook. You're going to understand employees versus contractor, um, what you need to know, how to hire them, the paperwork that you need for that. Um, if you need to terminate an employee, you're going to get that information as well. The exact um, onboarding documents that you need to properly onboard an employee so that way you can remove or reduce the liabilities inside of your business. The last thing that you want is a lawsuit. The last thing that you want is your business to shut down because an employee is suing you over something that you said, something that you did, or something that you didn't do. So it's going to help remove all of your HR words and make sure that you're on the right track inside of your business. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it. Make sure y'all tap in. Lakeisha, I appreciate you. Thank you you. so much. Uh, If somebody wanted to follow you, they wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? Absolutely. Lakeisha Robichaux. So I'm on Instagram. I'm at Lakeisha Robichaux. On uh, Facebook, Lakeisha Robichaux, the number seven. On Twitter, um, L underscore Robichaux. On LinkedIn, at Lakeisha Robichaux. And definitely check out my website, www.lakeisharobichaux.com. All right, y'all, another powerful episode of Inside the Vault. We are closing out the vault. Make sure you visit us, InsideTheVaultShow.com. I want you to like, subscribe, review, rate the podcast, make it the number one podcast, financial literacy. As a matter of fact, just make it the number one podcast on the planet. Make sure you do it right now. Uh, you can follow us on all social media platforms at Inside the Vault. Me. I am Ash Cash. Make sure you visit me, IamAshCash.com. Follow me on all social media platforms at IamAshCash. I'm going to see you next time. It's the same time, same place, in God's will. All right, y'all. Peace.